Hey guys, welcome to the Next Level Agents Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-host, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast all about getting to the next level. Sometimes we talk to real estate agents, sometimes brokers, sometimes people just in and around our space, and sometimes just entrepreneurs in general. But our point here is to talk to the brightest and the best and to pull gold nuggets out of them and bring them to you so that way you can take little actionable pieces of advice, sometimes big actionable pieces of advice and make your business even better and help you get to the next level. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com, ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA, stands for Next Level Agents, and please leave us a five-star review if you have not already. All right, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. All right, guys, we're back on the Next Level Agent podcast, and I am joined, I think for a second time now, uh, with my friend and and my business, my bookkeeper, uh, Mr. David Patiglio of Streamline Business Solution. David, how's it going, man? Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I'm glad to be back, or I'm glad to have you back. I'm, I've been wanting to have this conversation, and then um, luckily, we were having a conversation. You and I were having, and Fred were having like a just a random conversation. And the, uh, this topic came up about, uh, some work you'd been doing with like real trends and, you know, for anybody that doesn't know David in streamline business solutions, uh, first of all, you should. And second of all, if, if you don't, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what they do. And then I'll let, I'll let David tell you in his own words too. But I mean, they're effectively, they're the, they're the bookkeeping company for our industry. Like they are, um, they are it like there's probably other people that do books for top real estate agents and teams, but nobody that does it at the scale that they do and that has access to the data that you guys have. And um, I love it because you, you force Fred and I to look at the numbers in our business that we wouldn't normally look at. Um, you force us to slow down and compare things. And I just really appreciate what you guys offer as a service uh, and I think it's something that more and more people in our industry are paying attention to, but there's still a long way to go. Like more people need to, um, need to have the service, whether it's, I'd love for them to use you obviously, but at the end of the day, if they're not using your firm, they should be at least using some sort of bookkeeping and, uh, accounting services. So, you know, it's like your tagline, right? You keep selling, we'll keep score. Um, and that's that's at the end of the day we're business people we need to be out there running our business but we do need a scoreboard did i do an okay job of, of explaining what you do yeah 100 percent uh great great idea and concept of kind of what our, our business does uh, maybe to add on to that our company specifically and yes there are other bookkeeping firms and companies out there our goal is, is of course the end in mind right like in order to get great financial reports on the back end, we have to know what questions are being asked of the financial report or of the scorecard that you're talking about, right? So if we have great questions of our financial statement, what's my ROI and my lead gen? What is my cost of sale percentages? Why am I losing money here? Amongst many other questions, of course. But if we don't know how to obtain the answers from those financial reports, then really it's just ink on paper. Our goal is a little bit different. Ask the hard questions, provide financial reports to answer those questions. And it's all based on, devil's in the details, it's all based on how accurate and how good the information is that is being put into 
a financial file. You've heard it before, garbage in, garbage out. Uh, we need to make sure that we have great information in so we can get great reports out of it. And then of course, answer those questions. I was going to, was literally going to say that. I used to have a boss that said that all the time. I worked uh, in data, data reporting and call center worlds prior to real estate. And he used to always, you know, he used to always say garbage in, garbage out. Like you can't, you can't give bad information into a system and then expect to get great reporting or even, or accurate reporting come back out. It just doesn't work that way. You've got to have that flow has got to go both ways. Um, I love that too, what you said, like, we've got to ask great questions from our, it's not, it's not enough just to have the financials. We've got to ask, we got to ask it great questions so that way we can get the insights that we need. So we can get the, the business intelligence, if you will, to make the decisions we've got to make. 100%. Well, so where I was going before that, before we kind of got off on, on the tangent of sort of what streamlined business solutions is and what you guys do we were talking about your, it's, you call it the streamlined benchmark report, which is effectively project you've been working on because you have so much data from so many, I always say big teams, but the reality is you guys service everything from the solo agent up to the big mega teams that are, that are even bigger than us. Right. And, um, and so you have a, you have so much data and, such a good basis of comparison. It's one of the valuable things I've always gotten from you guys is when we go through our um, when we go through our reports with you guys, you don't just tell us how we're doing. You go, hey, by the way, this is what you look like compared to your peers. Peers being in the in a similar group size of number of homes sold or uh, GCI thing, things GCI, like that. Yeah, and I think that's important, right? Because not that I need to not because I need to feel good about myself or I need to feel bad at myself, but it's, it's always good to have a baseline, right? Comparison is one of those things that it's a very nuanced thing. Some people tell you comparison is the thief of joy and someone else will tell you without comparison, how do you know it's possible? And I'm, I'm one of those guys that kind of, I see both sides of that coin. And so I love that you guys provide that. And that's effectively what the streamlined benchmark report is doing. And uh, I noticed that you guys had started working on a project with real trends to release the data and they had written an article or you had written an article, I should say, probably for them or with them in regards to that. I just, I thought it'd be cool uh, to kind of go through some of those findings if you're, if you're up for it. Sure. Absolutely. So the first thing that stuck out to me in that article, Dave, was um, small team, small teams lead and retain gross margin. So First of all, do you mind telling me when I say that small teams lead and retain gross margin? First of all, what's a small team? And then I'm going to take us a step back, even more remedial. Break down gross margin for me. Yeah, sure. So, a couple, couple questions there. In our world, the way that we categorize different revenue brackets within the teams that we manage, and we, we manage about 850 teams across the entire nation right now. Uh, to give you a perspective of, of the size of the, um, the data set that we have. Um, in our world, a, a smaller team is a, is, a, is a team, and I say team lightly because it most likely could be a solo agent uh, that, uh, that is managing the business themselves. They're taking the listings, they're doing the buyer deal. Uh, and that usually is about $300,000 uh, in annualized GCI. Uh, most most, uh, I guess, what's the word, misconception is that when we talk about 
top line revenue, most agents look at the dollar figure that hit their bank account. And that, although that's not wrong or bad, but it's not the whole truth. And it's really important that when we start analyzing data, we're looking at the truest top line GCI gross commission income number, which is inclusive of your co-brokes or uh, cap fees or any brokerage fees, so on and so forth, commission splits, um, so that you can, again, ask great questions of your financial statements. So when I say that, um, a, a, a team on a smaller scale uh, would be 300000 in annualized GCI or less. And that gross margin is basically the percentage of the top line GCI number. So uh, you can ask a percentage of net income, gross margin would be, you know, after your cost of sale, which, which would be essentially, you know, broker fees or, or commission splits. And then, of course, you have operational costs as well. Uh, but everything boils down to a percentage of that revenue number. If you are, I'll give it a quick example. If you were to look at a financial statement and take a percentage of net income, but only base it off of the commission check that hits the bank account, you're now comparing apples and oranges. Uh, so you can't use this data set unless you're really looking at accurate information. Um, and this is a, we get it in various different ways, of course, but um, um, that's, that's the basis for the report. Yeah. I love, I love that. Uh, that, I mean, that is, um, you you bring a good point about a lot of people kind of they they start their accounting at the amount of dollars that hit their bank account but the reality is is that's not a true cost you know you did have you had expenses right like you said even if it's just say your broker split right you you paid it whether or not you actually ever saw that money and had to write a check or they just took it before it got to you 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 did in fact pay it or maybe better stated is it was a cost for you to do business, right? And so it does really, if you're going to, if you're going to act like a business person, you're going to act like a business owner, then you kind of have to talk the language. And that's, that's part of talking the language. Yeah. And going back to asking great questions, if you are looking at strictly your net check that hits the bank account, how could you then ever ask the question of, am I, are my commission splits too much? Or should I not have uh, done a co-broke on that deal? And I'm not saying that's right or wrong or indifferent. It's just we can't ask great questions if we're only looking at a part of a data set, not the the true, I'll call it CDA or closing disclosure or you know commit the full commission check. Have to look at the true number. Yeah, no kidding, no doubt. Um, you know what I thought was not at all surprising yet very interesting to me uh was as you start you you define that as three hundred thousand dollars and below and then we define the big teams as three million and above right um and that gross margin dropped all the way down to i think it was it was just under 46 percent. so basically 80 percent down to 46 percent in a gross margin now yeah. i for me, I think you and I are on the same page. You and I have spent so much time together over the last 15 years that I, I feel like I feel safe saying this about you too. Is like, yeah, some people see that and they go, why would I want to keep so little of my money? And I'm like, well, I would rather, I would much rather keep a smaller amount, smaller percentage of a larger amount than to have a bigger, you know, kind of hoard it all 
or hoard most of it from a from a smaller amount. Um, but it is really eye opening. I think a lot of people they run a smaller team and they can have a gross margin at say seventy five or even eighty percent, and they think they're going to be able to retain that as they grow. But the the data tells us as your team grows and you start to hit a million and then million five or and three million, like those numbers that percentage of money that you keep just continues to go down. Now, hopefully what happens is the amount of money you do deposit at your in your bank account or the number that hits your tax return at the end of the year continues to rise. But the reality is from a per, on a percentage basis, it's going to go down. Is there anything that jumps out at you when you look at the difference there between these small teams and the and the large teams that are 3 million plus GCI? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different comparisons. I'll, I'll tell you, my business coach always told me you can't take the percentage to the bank, but you can always take the dollar. And so back to your comment, right? Like, I would rather have a smaller percentage of a really big pie than a large percentage of a very small pie, uh, because I know that dollar figure, the one that drives my family, the one that allows us to do the things that we want to do, that dollar figure is going to hit my bank account at a larger level if my uh, percentages are lower. Um, and my revenue is higher. Now, the best of both worlds would be, how could I ask the questions of my business to, A, not only have a really high revenue number, but then to also drive the, the costs lower uh, for my business so I could kind of have the best of both worlds. And then we're talking a lot of money. Um, but the concept there is essentially you're buying your time back, right? Like lead generation at a higher, at a higher revenue number uh, costs more. Uh, your support team and your leverage points, uh, your tax returns get a little bit more difficult. And I would much rather pay for those uh, those larger cost tax returns and, and and cost to run the business, knowing what's coming home at the end of the day. Yeah, you you know you mentioned that kind of about the cost. I, that was the the other part of the article about you know how our team is spending money. And if I remember right, the largest expense for teams was, was employment costs. So like salaries, wages, taxes, uh, in some cases, contract labor. And that was the biggest percentage uh, of cost. While, you know, I think it was on the small teams, it was as low as 11.2%. But for the bigger teams, like you're, you're pushing over 17% of GCI as a cost. So you, yeah. you can see that a lot of, I think it's easy for the agent to go, well, I'm selling 50 houses now, or I sell a hundred houses a year now. And so, and I only need five people, but the reality, or maybe, maybe you only have three employees at that level. But the reality is if you're going to go to say 500 units a year, like you're not going to get by with the same number of employees, those costs are going to continue to grow. And I think it's something that people don't think about. They think, they think about their expenses today and they think about the income that could be, but they don't ever think about the expenses that could be as well. And those two things are going to Perfect. generally grow together at a certain, to a certain point. Yeah, absolutely. One of the, again, going back to great financial reports, if I know what is, then I can almost reverse engineer the conversation. So if I'm only, I said that wrong, if we're doing $300,000 annually in revenue, but I want to be at $800,000 a year in revenue, my brain tells me I would go look at the, the models of an $800,000 team and go, I'm looking at a 5% increase in salaries and wages. What does that dollar figure look like? Who am I going, who's my next hire and why? So 
being able to reverse engineer, it's simple math, it's second grade, right? We're just multiplying the percentage difference to, to the revenue numbers. Um, and, and so that ability to have those, ask those questions and have those answers gives really good guidance for a business owner uh, to move forward. Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's an excellent point. Um, what about lead generation costs, Dave? Like what, what do you see in the differences of the lead gen costs when you're looking at say the small team versus the large team? Yeah, really, really good question. Uh, I, I will tell you for the quarter one, 2023 data that we were able to pull, uh, it starts around just below 10% for a team doing $300,000. And then it ends up at about 6% for teams doing $3 million uh, and above in top line GCI. So there's some scalability there. Uh, it does fluctuate ebb and flows through the different uh, revenue brackets. Uh, and there are uh, six revenue brackets that we track. And, uh, but I will tell you that it's pretty consistent uh, over the course of, of the deltas here. So I think as a, an entrepreneur, someone who is always kind of tinkering with their business. One of the things I think, Dave, is I look at this and I go, what if I spent 12%? Like, is there a correlation or, or is this just, Hey man, this is the law of the averages. They're going to, you're going to land at like 10%. Um, and anything more than that, you're, you're probably just overspending. Is that the case? Or, or is there an opportunity for me to exploit, exploit something here? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's a loaded question. In, in my personal opinion, I think the average is, is going to, to land right about, uh, you know, give or take 10%. As a business owner, would I anticipate spending more or going above average and saying 12% or 13% of GCI? Um, I might pull that trigger knowing that the ROI on that specific lead source is producing more revenue on the back end. Now, what that does is it might spike your lead gen cost for this month or this quarter, but if you start to annualize the information and start to look at what those uh, lead sources or extra expenditures in, in that category produce in the long run, likely it's going to, to come back down to, uh, to that average percentage of GCI. I have, I have an ad hoc, I have a question and I probably should have prepped you for this, but I just didn't even know I was going to ask it. So if you can't answer today, that's fine. Maybe we can do it. Um, what I'm hoping is that since you're going to, since you produce this information uh, and this benchmark report effectively quarterly, if not, probably you could probably do it on demand at any point too, I would imagine. But one of the things I'm hoping to do is that you and I can maybe get back on a podcast once a quarter and talk about this just to keep keep the listeners up with going on, you know, understanding what the trends are and what, what, what people's peers are spending their money on things like that. My question here though, is what about the teams that are based with like a heavy referral fee baked into the cake? So let me give you an example, Zillow flex. If Zillow flex is a program where you don't pay for the Zillow, you don't write them a check every month. You give them 35% of the GCI at closing, Right. So 35% is off the top. Some people right. very much like, you know, back when you got started your first couple, in fact, the only people that I think you had two clients before, before Fred and I, uh, they were REO guys. So it, this is kind of like the new REO account. 
right? And so, yes, it's a very high cost thing, but I'm curious what that does to someone's financials when they've got, say, 100 or 200 transactions out of their 300 or 400 total that have a 35% fee, like right off the top. Is there, have you noticed any trends like that? Or do you have enough clients that are that heavy into it yet to, to be able to pick up on any certain trends? Yeah, great question. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, we do have a handful of clients in those scenarios. Uh, I can pull that data, but I, uh, I don't know it off the top of my head. What I can tell you based on what I have kind of studied of, yes, I mean, just by, as you would imagine, right, cost of sale is much higher uh, because you're, you're taking a hit right off the top. However, same thing back in REO days, the cost of the actual listing um, in terms of an expense or lead gen, right? So you have to start, in my opinion, you look at the entire financial statement. Um, sometimes you have to look closely at lead generation and salaries and cost of sale as a whole, and then collectively say, you know what, as an average, collectively, we're doing really well. Yes, my cost of sale might be above average because I have these um, these deals uh, with whatever the case may be, I'll call it co-broke, um, but my lead generation cost in terms of like, now I'm not spending any money on print and direct mail, or maybe I'm not doing billboard advertising anymore, right? And so now my lead gen cost is, is really, really low. I'll put this out there only because I've seen it with my own two eyes. And when I did start with REO 15 years ago, um, the transition away from being heavily in those specific items and not paying attention to the rest of the business can be detrimental, meaning the shift can't happen quick enough. Yeah. So should, and I'm, I'm making this up, right? Like this is an example, this is not true. Um, if Zillow were to go away in this scenario, then the whole revenue source goes away because the lead generation hasn't been kept up on it in other aspects of the business. So just completely an example. I want to make sure I'm really clear about that. Yeah, no, I, and that, but that's a great point to bring up, dude, because uh, you and I both saw a lot of people get caught. There's a lot of REO agents that are no longer even licensed, right? Because they didn't know how to, like they never learned how to run a regular retail real estate business. They didn't know how to lead generate outside of their asset managers. Uh, we, to a lesser degree, we saw the same thing with our short sale peers, right? They couldn't figure out how to do it. And I'll, I mean, I, I'm not shy about it. That was the hardest transition for me in business was going, going from taking listings over the phone because I knew more about short sales to actually having to sell and go sit in someone's, you know, dining room, kitchen room, ki you know, dining room table, kitchen table, and get them to agree to hire me to sell their home when they had equity it was easy when it was a short sale. So when you ignore everything else, except for one source for a long period of time, that can bite you in the butt for sure. Yeah. You know, and there there's zero judgment on, on that concept because everybody owns a business. I assume that's, and let's be just because you're selling real estate doesn't it, it, you're a business owner, right? You're running a, a business. And so Going back to our initial comment and how you started the podcast today, having accurate financials so you can ask the right questions of your business and you go, ah, you know, 80% of my revenue comes from Zillow in this example. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to worry about that 80%, but I'm going to go start doing X, Y, and Z to make sure I can 
bring that 80% down to 50% in terms of a, a lead gen uh, source for my company. That way you're not a one-legged stool should something go wrong. Yeah. Uh, sorry. And I didn't mean to take us off on the, on the lead gen tangent there, but I just, to me, that, that question came to me because I, I know so many people are doing that and you know, it's still a percentage of our business too. Um, to a, to a much lesser degree, we're not like a specialist in that. Like I know some people have, and, um, again, nothing wrong with it. In fact, I know some people are absolutely killing it, uh, on that side of their business. And they realize yep. the best ones know they're aware that they're basically, they're, they're making hay while the sun's shining and they're going to use right. that and exploit it and they won't, but they haven't forgotten about the rest of their business. So hundred percent. And, and I, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I can't say that I wouldn't take advantage of that, of that opportunity either. Right. Yeah, for sure. If you've got the ability to scale it up, I, I think it's, it'd be silly not to, um, because it is sort of like, I mean, it's effectively, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to call it free because it's still a lot of hard work, but it's like free money. So, yeah, sure. okay. So moving on to the last part, you talked about, uh, operating expenses, uh, as a percentage of GCI and, kind of how, you know, what were some of the trends that popped up uh, in, in this quarter, or I should say even really last quarter, uh, we're talking about first quarter numbers right now in the streamlined benchmark report. What, what were some of the trends you saw when it came to operating expenses? Yeah, operating expenses, honestly, they, they really trend and scale downward, meaning that as the business's revenue increases, a lot of the costs like I'll do bookkeeping or office supplies or insurances, or, you know, you still have the same vehicle, whether you're doing $300,000 a year or $1.5 million a year. So as a cost or as an expense to revenue, things start to trend downwards. Uh, and of course, when you say OPEX, I am excluding salaries and lead generation in this conversation. Got it. Yeah. Um, that, that makes sense. So, um, if I, I'm just going to restate it because I want to make sure I heard you right. Effectively, there's, it's kind of like that bigger cost is almost like that entry cost. Like whether you're doing 300,000, 500,000, a million or 3 million, it's kind of like, it's the, it's writing that first check for your expense. That's really the expensive part. And then it's not necessarily a one for one increase with, with income. In fact, it starts to be, it's a lower percentage. The more you go up, it still moves, but it's Correct. just a lower percentage, right? Correct. And within those operating expenses, were there anything, um, is there anything that stands out to you? I, I think I remember Steve Murray writing, uh, kind of adding a, a quote in there about basically larger teams, more efficient, which is what you just said. It's, you know, it's just a different way of what you just said. Uh, but was there any other sort of like trends or things that stuck out to you uh, for when it comes to operating expenses that maybe your average agent or maybe someone who's not your client that doesn't look at this type of info might not know? Uh, I'll pick on two specific categories just to, to give you an idea of so, oh, where things start to spike a little bit. Uh, first one would be occupancy, uh, right? So the brick and mortar, if there is an office uh, space, at some level, the concept changes from, okay, this, this is one of my businesses, but why not go buy a commercial building? Uh, I can cost segregate it and depreciate it. So the cost of your occupancy goes up at some point in time because a lot of people do that. Um, or you might need a bigger office space. So uh, that is one concept. 
or one kind of idea uh, and that, uh, that I see fluctuate as, as things go up. Uh, the other would be like um, coaching costs. So no longer is it just the Rainmaker um, writing that check. We now have our main listing agent coaching or we have our lead buyer's agent coaching or my admin team, so on and so forth. So, and that's all a choice, right? It's, we choose to spend that X amount of dollars per month for this benefit. And I would ask the same question of the expense that I'm writing as I would for lead generation. What's my ROI on that investment, whether I'm, I don't know, but does that make sense? Yeah. Well, another thing that, on that. another thing that sticks out to me, like you just kind of jogged for me, which is cool. If the average, say, let's say I'm a $3 million team. And if the average team has, whatever, $2,000 a month in coaching expenses, I'm just making this up. And I have none because I don't have a coach, but the average 3 million, like I might be going, what am I, what am I missing out on here? Like, am I, am I missing for me? Coaching's an obvious one. I'm like, well, yeah, I think we should all have a coach personally. Um, and so I look at, I look at that too, is the ability to benchmark against everyone else with, man, I'm not even spending money here. What, what, are, what is right. the opportunity I'm at? Or let's say I'm only spending, I don't know, 5% of, uh, for lead gen. And I know that the benchmark is closer to 10 or 11%, then I might be, then I'm definitely going, man, maybe I should, I should at least be spending what they're doing. Like if I did that, could I add more income? Could I add more revenue? Um, and so I, I think that's, I think that's the more, even more valuable information that I could be taking from a report, like a, a, a benchmark report like this. hundred percent. Awesome. 100%. It's not always a cost cutting conversation. It could be a, where, where's the, where's the opportunity lost? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Like it could be like, Hey, I'm really good about my expenses. I don't, you know, I don't spend, uh, I don't overspend. In fact, I'm probably not spending enough right now. I've got this extra, let's say, that a couple thousand dollars a month in my budget that I, that I wouldn't notice if it was gone. What could I, what could I exploit by doing that? Like what work, where, where could I spend this and get a return? And I think being able to take a look at something like the streamlined benchmark report to go, well, what are my peers doing? Or maybe what is the group of, maybe if I'm at 1.5 million, what are the $3 million guys doing? And maybe, maybe that's where I spend my next dollar. Maybe that's the thing that's going to help me get up there. But if we don't have these conversations with you or somebody on your staff or, or, or even just with ourselves and hopefully our business coach, then we're going to miss easy opportunities to, to grow our business. Yeah. Well said. Right on. Well, Dave, I know um, this just came up because we happened to be having a, a conversation. It was almost like a side topic. And I was like, wow, we should talk about that. So I'm glad we did. Uh, obviously you and I recording this, the second quarter, uh, recently ended. And I know, um, I believe you said you should have those benchmark, uh, reports done here rather soon. I'm hoping maybe we could come back and do another podcast, talk about that, uh, for the second quarter. And then, uh, hopefully once a quarter going forward, if you're up for it. Happy, happy to do it. Thank you so much. Love, uh, love the opportunity. Right on. Well, guys, what we'll do is we'll put a link to the article so you can kind of see some of the stuff that we talked about in writing with a little more commentary from Dave, as well as from Steve Murray from uh, from from Real Trends. And um, 
let us know what you think. I think this, uh, having conversations like this is super valuable and very important for business owners. And as you stated and I stated, being a business owner is, is actually what we do. And it's important that we act that way. Yes, sir. Right on. All right. Well, guys, uh, David Patiglio, Streamline Business Solutions. Thanks a lot for being a guest today. Uh, guys, reach out to David. We'll put all of their uh, contact information in the show notes. If you've got any questions, um, David, actually, David, do you mind? Do you have like 30 more seconds to, to tell everybody? I know because I'm a customer. So I know that I have something I have access to called the dashboard, which is effectively like a real time. Uh, I get my I get a, I get my benchmark numbers in real time. But do you what's the best way for people to reach out to you? And is there any one thing that you would share with the person who maybe doesn't have a bookkeeper or maybe they've maybe they're keeping books, but they're sort of doing it in-house or something. And they're not really at that, that next step where they should be calling you, but they, they really should be. Uh, yeah, the, so our, our dashboard is, is just technology is proprietary information that we have developed over the course of the last couple of years. And uh, inside that dashboard provides a direct insight to your specific business. Uh, and then the ability to compare to the different revenue brackets by expense category is, is just a, is a great solution for somebody. Uh, somebody that's on the fence about, about bookkeeping, uh, of course, I'm a little bit biased in, in terms of outsourcing it. And the reason for that is because, uh, you know, QuickBooks Online is, they're, they're good tools, but if you don't know how to utilize the tool, if you're, if you're not, a bookkeeper by trade and understand financial reports and how to put them together, it might be best to, to outsource a solution like that. And I, I always kind of use the real estate example, right? Like I can put a sign in my front yard uh, and hope that somebody calls me to buy my house. Right. But it's just, it's really not, it's not what I'm good at. It's, it's not where I should be spending my time. I, I own a bookkeeping firm. Right. So uh, I try and use that, that analysis to say, maybe it's worth at least having a conversation. Um, regardless, keeping track of your financials. Uh, we only talked about the benefits of, of better business ownership today. We didn't even talk about proactive tax planning or tax preparation and things like that. Everybody's filing taxes. It's not going away. Uh, so if you can have better opportunities to um, not pay as much to Uncle Sam because you've proactively made decisions uh, to reduce tax liability, I mean, that's that pays for services in and of itself. And so for a couple grand a year, it's uh, kind of a no brainer to me. Yeah, it's absolutely no brainer. If I could uh, give a little bit of money to you, to you guys, a little bit of money to my, my tax accountants and it, it avoids me giving a whole lot of money to somewhere that's going to be blown and probably wasted. I'm all for sign me up right all day long. So, well, Dave Patiglio, I appreciate you taking the time out today. Uh, being a partner and customer of yours that, you know, I should say a customer and having Streamline just be a partner in our business because you just take the time to invest in us and and share not just our numbers, but um, insights as well to make sure we're understanding it has been so beneficial to Fred and I over the last 15 years that I can't, um, you know, I can't overstate how important it is. And so for those of you listening that haven't yeah. taken the step yet, do it, reach out, talk to somebody on Dave's team and, and take a look because it's definitely, it's one of those things that I think we got to have. Absolutely. And I'll just end with one, one quick thing, Kevin, 
I, one of the opportunities that I see often is there are people that are scared to have the conversation uh, about the financials, A, because they just don't know, right? Uh, they're, they've never experienced it before. They got into the business because they were good at selling and now they're making money, but they don't really know what questions to ask. Um, and for those people out there, I will tell you that there's nothing you can tell me or show me that I haven't seen before. The goal is let's just get on the same page. Let's produce some reports that are meaningful and uh, let's figure out how to use them. So um, that would be my last, my last um, parting word. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'll make fun of myself and I'll also share something. My good friend, Dustin Runyon said, he calls that FOFO fear of finding out. We, we just, oh, sometimes sure. we just have fear of finding out, right? It's why we don't get on the scale. It's why we don't do a budget. Why people, I know people that have not filed taxes and in some cases, decades, literally, yeah. um, yep. because we're scared. And so the, where I'll make fun of myself, I remember when we first started working with you and I literally would mail an envelope every month, a white envelope <laughs> full of receipts. And like, here's my mess. This is me. Sorry. and and it kind of sucked and it was embarrassing, but nobody on your team ever made me feel embarrassed. It was, it was just like, Hey, I got your, I got the, you know, and I literally once a month, put it in the, put in the envelope, mail it off to you guys. And you guys would do the report. And, um, it always made tax time so much easier. You guys never made me feel weird about it. Uh, although I know I'm a mess and, and a lot of us in real estate agent, you know, re, real estate agents are not the most, uh, organized folks in the world. Uh, but that's exactly why we should partner with a company like yours to help to help bring that to our life and to our business. So love that you guys do that, man. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Kevin. It's been, uh, been a great time. I appreciate it. Right on. All right, guys, we'll see you next week on the uh, Next Level Agents podcast. Till then, have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for even more valuable content and resources to help you grow your business, then we invite you to join our community, Next Level Agents at eXp Realty. By joining us, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits like live trainings, events, masterminds, weekly Zooms, digital downloads, and so much more, all designed to help you grow your business. To learn more and become a part of our community, simply visit kevinandfred.com forward slash contact and get in touch with us today. Of course, if you're not quite ready to take the plunge and join our community, that's no problem at all. You can still access all of our great content for free right here on this podcast. And again, we thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing to bring you valuable insights and more advice in the future.